It's good to be with you today, and I really appreciate the opportunity to come and to talk about a very beautiful song that means a great deal to me. And uh, in as much as you said something about the children's song, I'll go ahead and give that little plug right now. Out there on the table where the Lord's Supper and the contribution plate is, I brought three different things that we'd like for you to feel, feel free to pick up if you'd like to. One is our updated birthday list. We have nine children ages 8 to uh, 20, and so there's an updated list of that. Also, there is uh, some information concerning our upcoming big event. It's called the Ride to the Home, August the 28th on Saturday from 11 to 1.30. And we invite anybody and everybody to come and be with us. It's a good time to get to meet the children, to enjoy some wonderful barbecue, hamburgers and hot dogs, ham and beans, and, and homemade cookies. Life flight, the helicopter is going to fly in literally to the home, so you can tour that. Better to see it up close as opposed to having to be in it, if you know what I mean. And uh, we tell people, get there any way you can. Uh, a lot of motorcycle folks come, but we also had a guy come in on a souped-up lawnmower. And uh, we've had some other people talk about uh, coming in on dirt bikes and, and golf carts. And so we'd just love for you to come, and there's some information about that also. And uh, we just uh, appreciate everything that you do for us. Uh, good to see Brother Larry Little. He led a group uh, sojourners back a few months ago, and they did a whole lot of wonderful work for us. And we really appreciate your kindness in regards to that. If tonight I were to ask you, what's your go-to song? In times of sorrow, in times of comfort, in times of joy, what's the song that you want to sing, that comes to your mind? It's been said that if you tell someone what songs you sing, it may say something about who you are, and the type of person that you are, and what it means. When our hearts are troubled or weary, what songs do we go back to? For me, it's how great thou art. Okay. I'm sorry. I don't know what I did, but I guess I'll just take this out of my pocket carefully and take this off and I'll get behind that. Sorry. Is that what it is? I like to walk in my neighborhood, and I like to walk at nighttime, and uh, my song is How Great Thou Art, and I wonder if my neighbors hear it, the dogs typically sometimes howl or coming after me, but that's my song, I enjoy that song. Over in Acts chapter 16 verse 25, we talk about how that at midnight Paul and Silas were praying and singing praises to God and the prisoners heard them. Ever stop to think about what songs they would have sung? Especially songs that we might think about today. Do you think they would have sung Ready to Suffer? Or All to Jesus, I Surrender, because that's what they were doing. Or perhaps the song that we're talking about tonight, Be With Me, Lord. Let me give you some information about 
that song by way of background. L.O. Sanderson, Lloyd Otis Sanderson, was born May 19, 1901, near Jonesboro, Arkansas, in an old log house that his father had inherited. He was the middle child of five children. His daddy was a singing teacher. And so because of that, he would not allow any instruments in the home, except singing only. Later on, when Brother Sanderson married, he wanted his children to have access to instruments. And so they had a piano, an organ, a violin, a mandolin, a guitar, even a harmonica. He was taught to, to read the notes by age five by his own mother. And his father was the one that taught him to lead singing. There was a 55-year difference between him and his father. And so later on in life, his father would die. Brother Sanderson began schooling in a one-building schoolhouse, one-room schoolhouse. Uh, when he was born, he was almost 14 pounds heavy. And so by age four, he started attending the first grade. And he was a big boy, even at age four. By age six, he had gone through to the fourth grade because being in everybody all in one room, you could ascend from one level to another. By age 11, he was on his own. And so he would pay for his own clothes and music school tuition as well. He began to attend music school in the summer as a teenager. And by age 15, had graduated from high school and had a singing school of his own. While doing all this, he picked cotton and worked in a sawmill and returned to school, gaining a master's degree in music by age 18. When his father did die, Brother Sanderson moved back to be with his mom and his two youngest siblings He in Bono, Arkansas. He became a choir director for the First Methodist Church. You see, his father was a member of the Methodist Church. His mother was a member of the Church of Christ. He said, as he tells the story, that he had been sprinkled at age 11 and that others had tried to talk to him about the truth, but he had declined. But there was a friend by the name of Robert Cherry that didn't give up on him, that kept on encouraging him, that kept on talking to him. And eventually he was led to the truth. Aren't we grateful tonight when we think about all the songs that we sing regularly that this man wrote in regards to the music themselves, that somebody didn't give up on him. At age 21, he became a child of God and then immediately gave up the choir director there in the Methodist church. He didn't get calls to lead singing for gospel meetings and big tent meetings. A couple of years later, in 1923, J.N. Armstrong, president of Harper Christian school or college offered him a job as a music director. The next year, that school merged with Arkansas Christian College, which later on became Harding College. It was there that he met his wife, Rena Ray Woodrin. He began preaching at a Springfield, Missouri congregation. 
and enrolled in Southwest Missouri State College and furthered his education in debating, speaking, and other things. He would preach for that congregation twice for a total of 16 years. Later in 1935, he moved to Nashville, Tennessee and became the business manager for Gospel Advocate and also the music editor for that paper. He also served as the editor for one year in between various people. While he was at Lips there in Nashville, he also taught, taught part-time at Lipscomb College. In years, he would also preach in other places. Columbia, Tennessee, Little Rock, Arkansas, Amarillo, Texas, and then Norman, Oklahoma. He began writing songs at age 14 and ended up writing more than 500 hymns. Sometimes he would pen a song and then would sign it by his pen name, Vanna R. Ray. Rather than mentioning his name, L.O. Sanderson, he would sometimes sign it Vanna R. Ray. Well, Ray was a part of his wife's name, and so he had that pen name. Some of the songs that you and I sing regularly came from the thoughts of L.O. Sanderson. The Lord has been mindful of me, buried with Christ, our blessed Redeemer. Bring Christ your broken life. Every cloud has a silver lining. Take me home, Father. That one has an interesting story behind it, as often songs do. Brother Sanderson had to tell an 80-year-old preacher that his wife, who had been taking care of this aged preacher, had died very suddenly. So distraught was this man that he got very sick and went into a coma and died two days later. And the idea was that he didn't want to live in this life if he could not live with his godly wife. And out of that, Brother Sanderson wrote that song, Take Me Home, Father. And then, of course, the one that we're talking about tonight, Be With Me, Lord. While living in Memphis, Tennessee in 1984, he and his wife were crossing the street to go to church services. They were struck by a car. She was killed instantly, and he became crippled. Four years later, though, he remarried, and then he would die in 1992. He and his first wife had two children, but the first one had already died of cancer, his daughter. His son is Leon Sanderson, a song leader of note. Many of you perhaps have heard of him. And what's so interesting is, and I was talking to Vance Hutton recently, and he reaffirmed what I had been thinking was the case. But in the late 80s, or maybe even as late as 1990, at Free Hardeman College, during their lecture program, they brought a stool out onto the podium area, and Brother Sanderson sat there and led some of these songs that we've talked about. And among those that he led was B. Missouri, when he was working on his first hymn 
a policeman passing by saw a light up there in the tower and so came into the building thinking it was a burglar. Thankfully, of course, it was not. He then used the metal melody, and eight days later, Thomas Chisholm, who often wrote the words to his songs, see him a poem that he had been working on. And those words were the words that came to the song, Be With Me, Lord. And so that's a little background behind this song and about Brother Sanderson himself. This song, as you look at the words, are so eloquently that it's divided into four verses. And each verse builds off the other one. Verse one, I suggest, is entitled Living with the Lord. Verse two, Enduring with the Lord. Verse three, Surrounded by the Lord. And then verse four, Present with the Lord. Let's think about the words of those songs as we think about the idea of living with the Lord. The song begins, the verse begins, Be with me, Lord. You know, we often talk about how God has the whole world in His hand, but He's also got you and me, brother, in His hand. But there's also an emphasis on the idea that you and I have to make decisions in our lives because on the day of judgment, we sin individually, not collectively, before our Lord in regards to judgment. Galatians 2, verse 20, I've been crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet I have a Christ that lives in me, in the life which I now live, the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loves me and gave himself for me. Thus this song rightly says, Be with me, Lord. As one of the black spiritual songs goes, It's me, it's me, it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Not my mama, not my papa, but it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. And so this song puts the emphasis where it needs to be. Be with me, Lord. Romans 14, verse 12 says, So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Or 2 Corinthians 5, verse 10, We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every one may receive the things done in his body according to what he has done, whether it's good or whether it's bad. And so as he's talking about living with the Lord, he's talking about the idea of being him being with us individually. Be with me, Lord. I cannot live without thee. Shouldn't that be the statement of every child of God? That in this world that suggests the idea that we are all sufficient, that the world has everything that we need, we just can't live without God being in our lives. Sometimes we sing a song, Not a step will I take without Jesus. And yet tonight, in a country that still says we're one nation under God and in God we trust, there's less than 40% of people in all of America tonight attending midweek Bible classes. About maybe 40% on any given Sunday that attend church in any way whatsoever. I cannot live without thee. 
I dare not try to take one step alone. The word step in the Bible is very interesting because it talks about those decisions that we make in life and how they need to be regulated and ordered by God. Psalm 37, verses 23 and 31. The steps of the good man are ordered by the Lord. He delights in his way. The law of God is in his heart. None of the steps shall slide. God's leading us. We follow that lead. We know that he's going to lead us to the right way. Psalm 119, verse 100. And 33. Thank you, sir. Direct my steps by your word and let no iniquity have dominion over me. Or again in Proverbs 16, verse 9. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. You see, all these go back to what Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 10, verse 23. He said, O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not a man that walks to direct his steps. And so when in this first verse he says, Be with me, Lord. I cannot live without thee. I dare not try to take even one step alone. And then he talks about those things that are all too familiar to our lives. I cannot bear the loads of life unaided without your help. Psalm 57, verse 22, Cast your burden on the Lord. He'll sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. Think about the loads of life. Think about all the problems that come into our lives. This morning, I talked to a valued friend of mine. He and his wife are going through something that I hope no one would ever have to experience, even though I'm sure there are some who have done so, the death of a little child. A sudden death. Unexpected death. As we were talking, he said, we know she's in a better place. We know that she's safe where she is. But it still hurts. And truly it does. That's why the song suggests, I cannot bear the loads of life unaided. Perhaps the words are most used and most familiar to anyone found from Psalm chapter 23. says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. A rod would be used for the idea of defending against wild animals. But then there is that staff that will often have a crook on the end, and it can be reached down to pull up someone in time of need. And this song suggests that idea. I cannot bear the loads of life unaided. How wonderful it is for the children of God to know that God is with them. That He's there. He's that comfort. He's that aid. Because of the life that we try to live. A fictitious story is told of someone who had died and went to heaven. And he was 
standing there with Jesus and they were looking at His life as if it were folks walking upon a seashore. And there were the two sets of footprints and, and then as He further looked down the road uh, on that seashore, there was only one step of footprints. And He said, supposedly as the story would go, it's not a true story of course, Lord, where were You when I needed You the most? Where were You whenever those terrible things came my way? Why weren't You there? I only see one set of footprints. And the Lord says, My child, I never left you. Those are my footprints. I picked you up and carried you when you needed me the most. I cannot bear the loads of life unaided. I need thy strength to lean myself upon. You know, we're only so strong and we can come together as a family of God and we can provide support and strength to one another, but nothing compares to the strength that God can give us. The psalmist would say in Psalm 27 verse 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Is it any wonder that Brother Sanderson, when he wrote these words, talked about needing the strength of God to lean himself upon Another song that sometimes we sing, lean on the mighty arm of Jesus. Hide in the hollow of His hand. Neath His protecting wings abide thee. And then the chorus says, lean on His arm, the everlasting arm. In verse 2 of this beautiful song, we have enduring with the Lord. Be with me, Lord, and then if dangers threatened. You see, our Lord has not promised us a rose garden. Our Lord has promised us that there are going to be trials and tribulations. He said to His disciples shortly before His death on the cross in John 16, verse 33, These things I have written unto you, that in Me you might have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, because I have overcome the world. Even in the midst of persecution, our Father is there. When Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, they're in the book of Daniel, defied the orders of mighty Nebuchadnezzar, did not bow down or worship that golden idol, they were thrown into a fire that was so intense that the folks throwing them in died because of the intense heat. And yet the Bible tells us Daniel 3, verse 25, that when Nebuchadnezzar looked and saw four men loose, not tied up like they had been, but loose, walking around in the midst of the fire, they had no hurt, and the form of the fourth one was like the Son of God. When dangers threaten, if storms of trial burst above my head, Enduring with the Lord. Everyone has endured things this past year that we had no knowledge of beforehand. Diseases, sickness, illnesses, in some case, death. In about a month's time, I lost one uncle and two aunts. All three had had COVID. 
All of them were faithful children of God. But it paid a toll. And he, he talks about here that those trials are going to come. And, and in 1 Peter 1 verse 7 he says, The genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, may be found to praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. If lashing seas leap any everywhere about me, they cannot harm or make my heart afraid. Enduring with the Lord, a person who has that faith and confidence that whatever comes, he's going to be able to endure it. A little five-year-old who had many, many illnesses was put into one of those big machines called the MRI where all the noises go forth and they were looking especially at her brain. And they told her when they went in, put her in, don't talk, don't move your head. We're wanting to get as good a picture as we can of your body. And we don't need you to talk at all. And so as all those noises were going off, they kept on hearing some noise and they pulled her out and said, we told you not to talk. And she said, I wasn't talking. But your lips were moving. She said, well, I was singing. You didn't tell me not to sing. And they said, well, you're not supposed to sing either. What were you singing? Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. They cannot harm or make my heart afraid. The third verse of this beautiful song is surrounded by the Lord. Be with me, Lord, no other gift or blessing Thou couldst bestow could with this one compare. What he's basically saying is, what is the greatest gift or blessing that nothing else can compare to? And then he gives the answer. A constant sense of Thy abiding presence that where I am, to feel that Thou art near. Isn't it wonderful to know that if we're a child of God, that we are not alone? That we have a Father who loves us, a God who is there. Think about the last words of our Lord upon this earth before He ascended to heaven. Matthew chapter 28, verse 20. And lo, literally the word there means behold. Basically, pay attention. I am with you always even to the end of the age. That was the promise that our Lord gave us. That He's going to be with us. And His abiding presence. Some of my favorite words are found in Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6, when He says, Let your manner of life be without covetousness. You be content with such things as you have, for He has said, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. So that we can boldly say, The Lord is my Helper. What can man do unto me? Again, back to the psalm, chapter 23. The Lord is my shepherd. One little boy put it this way when he says, the Lord is my shepherd, that's all I want. Because that's all that we need. Your abiding presence. And then the fourth verse Present with the Lord. Be with me, Lord, when loneliness overtakes me. 
When I must weep amid the fires of pain. We learned a lot about loneliness this past year, didn't we? There were families there at Florence Boulevard that literally did not get out of their house for a year. Their health was compromised to the point that families said, we're going to bring the food, we're going to put it on your front doorsteps, but we're not even coming in. Families didn't get to visit. Families didn't get to see one another, much less hug one another. We still don't even know all the outcomes of the mental illnesses caused by the loneliness and the idea of feeling that one was alone. When I must weep amid the fires of pain. Many of you tonight know something about pain. Many of you tonight took medicine today so that you can be present here. Many of you live with pain every day. Sometimes that pain becomes almost unbearable. Sometimes it may even cause tears. We live in a society that says we're supposed to be self-sufficient. We're supposed to pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps. But the Bible tells us that tears are free. And that as a child of God and a part of the family of God, we're not to cry alone. Romans 12 verse 15, Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. It's not a choice. It's not that we can be happy when good things come into the lives of people. Someone graduates from college. A baby is born. Folks get married. Somebody becomes a child of God. All those are wonderful, wonderful, wonderful things. But on the other side, in the valleys of loss, in the valleys of grief, in the valleys of loneliness, people don't need to weep alone. Yesterday I received a thank you card from a neighbor of mine. She's a widow in her early 40s. I had the privilege of marrying her and her good husband almost 25 years ago. Faithful children of God. You may have heard about it because he was a principal in the high school right there in our area. A neighbor of mine, half a mile up the road, but he died of COVID in a matter of 10 days or so. Was there weeping? Oh, yes. There was a lot of tears. Not because of where we don't know where he is, because he's in a better place, but because of the pain that that family has and that we have because we miss Him so much. John 11.35 still says, Jesus wept. I like the statement that someone made, I rarely cry like a baby, but I often cry like a man. When I must weep amidst the fires of pain, and when shall come the hour of my departure, the word departure is a nautical word. It suggests the idea of a ship that leaves a port from one part going to another port. And it's used in 2 Timothy chapter 4 as Paul is talking about the end of his life. 
When in verses 6 through 8, he says, I'm now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also who love is appearing. And when shall come the hour of my departure? Four worlds unknown. O Lord, be with me then. Present with the Lord. It's a beautiful song. Because it talks about the faith of Brother Sanderson that is seen in this song. I told you. They were walking across the street to go to church services. Who would ever imagine that in one brief moment his wife would be dead and he'd be crippled on the ground? The pain that would be caused by that. The, the, the things that he talks about. The tears. All the things. Losing a daughter to death. The cancer. All the things that he dealt with. And yet... You see him in this song because he says, When I must weep amidst the fires of pain, and that time, the hour of my departure, for worlds unknown, O Lord, be with me then. It's a beautiful song. And when we come back for the invitation, I'll mention a little something about that last statement. Thank you so much for your kind attention.